Nine Boys Golf Show. All about golf, from putting to driving, from hooks to whatever. Now, here's your host of the Back Nine Boys Golf Show, Rich Styles. And a good morning to you and welcome to the show. The Back Nine Boys Golf Show is brought to you by Mizuno Golf Reach Beyond, by Club Car, the leader in sport, utility, and personal vehicles, by RSM, proud sponsor of the RSM Classic, giving back to our community, and by Bridgestone Golf. Get fitted for your Tour B Ball today. On the show today, we're going to talk with Jeff Bakes, the GSGA Rules and Competitors Director, about the highlights of this year and what's ahead for next. And we'll talk with Ron Kirby, a well-known golf course architect, and Roddy Carr, who played pro golf, about their new venture in Barbados of Apes Hill. Then Rox Hoggard of the Golf Channel will be with us to talk about the highlights of this year on the PGA Tour and his feelings about the LIV event that he went to in Florida. But first up is Jeff Fags, Rules and Competition Director for the GSGA. Good morning, Jeff, and welcome to the Back Nine Boys podcast. Hey, good morning, Rich. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you very much for having me. It's uh, been a few months since I was on earlier in the year, and you've seen some of my other GSGA staff uh, that have spoken to you, but it's good to wrap up the year with you, so thanks. Well, you bet, and speaking of wrapping up, it's always uh, great to have you on. Tell us some of the highlights from this year. Sure. It was a, it was a tremendous year. Uh, we saw about a 20% increase in participation this year. Um, all total with all of our programming, we had over 5,000 uh, people playing playing in GSGA competition. So uh, it, it was great seeing people out in the golf course this year. Obviously, the biggest thing on our schedule is the Georgia Amateur Championship. Right. Uh, this, this year was the 101st playing. It was won by William Love. We played it down at uh, the Landings Club on the Deer Creek course, which is a very uh, popular golf course. They do Corn Ferry qualifying there, and we've played the state amateur there once before. But uh, William Love won. It was an amateur that was plagued by, by bad weather. We had over nine hours of weather delays throughout the championship, wow. but somehow we still managed to finish on, on Sunday. We got all 72 holes completed, and William Love from Atlanta, who's now a freshman at Duke, uh, won the state amateur at eight under par. Um, also, our, our women's amateur was played at TPC Sugarloaf, where they played the Mississippi Electric Classic, and that was won by... Minji Kang, she won in a four-hole playoff. It was really exciting. Uh, she's now Minji is now in finals of LPGA Q Series, so mm. um, she's made some pretty significant strides uh, since winning the Women's State Amateur. Another thing that really, really is something that we're proud about at uh, at GSGA is that we have got two uh, national champions in residing in Georgia from this past year, uh, Sarah M. and Deanna Wynn won the U.S. Women's Amateur Four-Ball Championship down in Puerto Rico back in April. And uh, I was really fortunate enough to have been a part of the rules committee that for that championship, so I got to spend some time with them during that event. Sarah also qualified for the U.S. Women's Open this year and got some, uh, some TV time during the second round, so it was cool seeing her on TV. You bet. Then also, Rusty Strawn is one of three Georgia seniors yep. in the semifinals at the U.S. Senior Amateur Championship, and he emerged victorious over Georgia Golf Hall of Famer and Savannah resident Doug Hansel, yeah. um, and that was at the Catanzit Club in Massachusetts in September. So to have um, two national, or three, including Sarah and Deanna, but uh, the, the, the two national championships, the winners reside from Georgia, that's just amazing. It just speaks to 
the quality of play we have here in our state, and uh, we couldn't be any prouder of them. Yeah, we had Rusty on the show um, after your event, and then he went to Canada, and he won up there, uh, and so he had to give us a break, and uh, he came back on, and he was just he was just a great guest and a great guy, down to earth, and uh, obviously played some great golf over those couple of weeks. Yeah, what a what a phenomenal year to have uh, to win our national championship and follow it up the next week with the Canadian national championship. I just yep. I don't know if that's ever been done before. It's it's remarkable. Well, to win in two countries, both amateur events, uh, I mean that's pretty strong. Amazing. All right, so what are some of the highlights for next year? I mean, I know it's going to be hard to beat this year, but uh, I'm sure there will be some big stories coming out of next year after they happen. But any new events, and if so, what are they? Uh, absolutely. We're anticipating a great year coming up next year. Uh, we are planning to introduce some new events. Uh, I've got to keep them under wraps just for right now. We've got our championship committee meeting coming up next week where we get the final approval on them. So, uh I can't let the cat out of the bag just yet, but Man. we are exciting, uh, expecting a great year next year. Uh, we're just kind of continue to build on, on everything we've done and keep improving. Um, one of the things that we're most excited about is obviously the kickoff to our season. We start with our mixed team championship at Sea Island Golf Club. It's such a popular event. Sea Island's hosted, I think this is going to be the third straight year now. Uh, players just, they sign up, the entries fill up so fast. In a matter of minutes, we've right. got a full field and uh, huge wait list. So we're actually going to go to a lottery system to make it a little bit uh, more fair for, for everybody to have the opportunity to play both, uh, of course, the famed Seaside course and also the Davis Love III renovated plantation course down there at Sea awesome. Island. So we're super excited about that. We kick off the season in mid-March, and entries for that open up in mid-January. All of our competitions that we have secured so far are posted on our calendar at gsga.org. And as we continue to wrap up the last few sites for next year, uh, we'll populate the calendar with those as well. Yeah, and since we're based down here uh, in Brunswick at Sea Island, St. Simons, uh, we can't wait for it to come back again. It's always a great event down here. and I usually work during those events, so it's, uh, it's a lot of fun for me to see some of the great golfers that we've got. Yeah, we're actually coming to Brunswick Country Club um, at the end of the season. Our last event next year is our tournament of champions and that's where we bring together club champions from all of our gsga member clubs and the men's women's senior men's and senior women women's divisions and come together and compete and see who the greatest club champion is so it's going to be great uh, that is at the end of november next year okay and uh we'll always look forward to coming to brunswick country club dan hogan and his staff and the golf course is just amazing down there so we love coming down there they really are let me ask you a question though about rules a lot of golfers over the years and i know this is probably one of the most controversial one of the ones that everybody wants to have changed but the ball in a divot and i know though that it has not changed over the years even though some rules have but this one has not changed and i gotta ask you why it's a, it's a good question. You know, one of the one of the fundamental things about playing the game and in the rules is is play the ball as you find it, and it's that's one of the fundamentals. And I just don't think, uh, you know, based on on talks with uh, high ranking officials and and people in the game, I that's I'd have a hard time seeing that one change. Well, it's not going to happen. You no. play the ball as the as you find it. If it's in a divot, it's in a divot, and play hard. All right. I said that to somebody the other day, and here was their comment back. 
how are you so sure that it's a divot? Great point, huh? Yeah, great point. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Well, Jeff can't is always with you on that one. No, I can't. I, I couldn't argue either. I mean, it, I said that's a great point. Jeff, thanks for being with us. Great year. We'll talk again next year. I hope it's not as long as this, but uh, appreciate your time. Thank you. All right. Thanks so much, Rich. All right. Jeff Fakes, GSGA. Uh, rules and the divot is uh, rule is uh, not going to change. So up next, golf course architect Ron Kirby and consultant Roddy Carr of Car Golf and their new course in Barbados is next on the Back Nine Boys podcast. Webb Simpson, PGA Tour. You're listening to the Back Nine Boys Golf Show. And welcome back. I'm Rich Stiles. Our next guests will be introducing a new course in Barbados next year. But with us this morning is one of the course architects, Ron Kirby and Roddy Carr of Car Golf. Uh, we've got Roddy on video, and uh, Ron is working that out. We may use him on the phone. We'll just find out here in a minute. Good morning, gentlemen, and thank you for being with us. Morning, Mitch. How are you? I'm great. So, Roddy, you're down in Barbados right now. Uh, yeah. Tell us about the project while we try and reconnect with Ron. Yeah, I think, um, well, I've been in Barbados for 20, 25 years and was involved in the, the, the other golf courses here. And this amazing site on the top of the island, about 50 meters from the top of this little island here, which is only 166 square miles with 260,000 people. So it's a little village, really. Wow. But there's the most gorgeous site right on the top of the island, looking out over the Caribbean Sea on one side, and then you see the Atlantic Ocean on the other. Wow. Um, so the site was so spectacular and there was a golf course built there 15 years ago by Landmark and uh, basically it went downhill uh, and closed about three years ago and the new owner at Len Chamandi who makes Gildan shirts bought it and he brought me in to advise him on what to do. So when I saw the site I immediately thought of Ron Kirby because I've worked hmm. with Ron doing the old head and we worked with Jack Nicholas for 10 years, the two of us. Um, and Ron, it kind of does things the old fashioned way. He sketches and then you go and you find the shaper, which I call the painter. And he, <laughs> right. comes, in, he comes in and he basically shapes it. So right. when I went to Adair Manor and I saw the uh, job that uh, Fazio had done there, I tracked down the shaper, uh, a fellow called Justin Carlton in Florida. And invited him to come over to work with Ron, and we basically just uh, reconfigured the golf course, reimagined it uh, with the site because the site was so beautiful with right. the wild east coast, and that's how we kind of went about it the old-fashioned way, which is kind of like uh, the nice way to do it. So the land was kind of like the canvas, and then you had Ron come in as the painter to kind of yeah. shape it, look at it, and take those elevations and the sights of of both yeah. oceans right there. Yeah, he literally sketches, you know, and this is the beauty. If you take 80 of the top 100 golf courses in the world were built that way. I remember speaking to Ben Crenshaw about how he did, um, you know, the, the course in, in Nebraska, Sand Hills. And he said right. he went out with a pickup truck with uh, 200 flags and drove around in the sand dunes. And he put the pins where in green sites that were there naturally and then just linked them all together. So huh. it's a little bit like that. And that's what I particularly like about the way Ron does it. And then when you get a shaper like Justin, who's an absolute genius painter, you know, driving a D5 bulldozer, literally painting the sketch that's on his uh, D5. And Ron is standing there directing him on this, on the getting this, the swales and the slopes. And right. I, I suppose a simple thing would be, you know, 
you look at the mounding in America versus the mounding in Lynx courses where I'm from in Ireland, uh, you know, they say that the mounding actually should always be like a river and flow away into the fairway. So this is what you get when you get that type of design approach. Yeah. Well, it looks like a wonderful property. Um, and uh, we've got Ron now on uh, on StreamYard. Ron, good morning. Thank you for being with us. Uh, Roddy's on the other end. Um, but I do want to ask you a question. Uh, when you first saw the property, you first saw the land, what were your first impressions? Uh, you're asking me a question right now. I am. I'm asking you, what did you see? What were your first impressions of the property when you saw it? Well, I saw a, you know, a great uh, piece of ground, and it was a, an island, and we had the highest point on the island, and uh, uh, we should use it for vistas. But what I saw was a shock because the, it was a golf course that let grow over, and then we just, they let loose, uh, Roddy got me started. Um, we each had a, a, a day on it. I got left alone and I went every hole and I saw a golf course that was so difficult to play. That's why it ended. That's why I got over, the members play it, they couldn't handle it. Uh, you start with a par five, first hole uphill into the wind. Oh boy. And they probably had, it was a landmark group that did it and they had somebody the shape is probably from the Pete Dye era where they had probably 11 bunkers on the first hole oh, um, the next hole was a par 3 uphill into the wind uh, pretty close it was I think it was 200 yards running I'm pretty yeah. sure Yeah. It, it, you had people that were going to be now they got 60 more holes of the same stuff uh, mm. and they, they hated it and Right. So I just immediately, I thought, there's room for help here. Uh, luckily, we had the owner's help, uh, and he, he went with it. And I said, we got, I got him later in the day. I said, we got a lot of holes that are just unplayable for the average guy. And he says, I know the second hole is the worst hole out there. And I said, well, we could make that a four. Yeah. There's a little bit of water feature we could we can move the tee back. We can shift the green left. And then the good players, they can drive the green. Who cares? Who? There's not that many guys that can hit it 250 yards into the wind. But the average guy hits it like 150, 180, and he plays it as a four. And he'd be uh, happy. And he said, right. Yeah, and that hole has actually become the most popular hole today since the members started playing it. It's a drivable par four, right. and it's actually the most enjoyable hole they play because it's kind of like the new trends are all, um, you know, drivable par fours. And then we also built a par three golf course here, which again is bringing in the, the kids and the grandkids and stuff like that, which oh, is kind cool. of fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, what makes, you know, I was reading some of the articles, and one of the things that I saw was that this course is very, very Special. So, from both of your standpoints, what makes it special to you guys? Well, to me, well, I just go uh, first. I, think... I, I look at it as the product. So, you can see the ocean. You can see the two oceans about six times. It is wow. full of gullies. It's full of tropical gullies, and there's monkeys running around in the morning. Um, and then you have these incredible vistas from the very tip of the island 
over the wild Atlantic. And it used to, they used to call it the health uh, center of the world in the old days around George Washington's time when the trade winds would come all the way from Ireland across the sea and land right here. So for me, it was the spectacularness of the view, a bit like old Hedron. But right. what, did you, what, what, did you, what did you see, Ron? Oh, I saw the views outstanding. That's what, you know, coming from old head, we got views there at the old head on it as close as we could, and that we kept pushing everything we could to the edge, so they had the, the sphere on the edge. At uh, Apes, we just had to clear out trees to give the people the view and let them stand around and enjoy it. Right. And we did that with just green shape and cutting a lot of trees out and giving that view a chance. And not and getting the people with a smile on their face that they liked the hole and they could you know, take a take a breather and, and look look back and say this is a great hole or whatever. So we did win uh, the battle of made the golf course friendlier and we gave them time to visit and see the uh, the vistas. And when the uh, the people playing it now, uh, they come back and they say this is fantastic, this is fun to play, and they're coming back to play. Yeah, we had it. We had it. We had a kind of a game, Rick, about uh, many wow factor holes you could get. But right. you, you walk in, see like the old head, and you go, "Wow, look at that!" Yeah. So we really worked hard, and then we had picture frame holes, you know. But the wow factor was because Ron got fourteen wows in the old head. So that's, I said, "Can we get up to nine wow factor where you stand on a tee and you go, wow. So that's what we were after. Okay. That kind of experience. Okay. Well, that's that coming up. That's kind of cool. You know, when I play a course for the first time, I think one of the things that I want to hear from myself after I play it is, that's a great course. I'd like to play it again. And it sounds like you've created that kind of atmosphere down at Apes Hill to, for people to say, wow, this is, as you just said, nine holes that you can do that. And so what you want to hear from the folks is what you're hearing. from what Ron said is that this is fantastic. They like what you've done. Isn't that make you feel better about what you've created? Yeah. I, I have an old yeah. saying from Ireland. He said, the dog likes the dog food, so he comes <laughs> back for more. You know, <laughs> exactly. and the dog doesn't like the dog food, he doesn't come back. So we're getting yeah. the dog likes the dog food. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And, Ron, as the, as the golf right. course architect, isn't that what you want to hear, too, that, that people love it? That, that I, I was luckily to be there with a few players came off. There were members before, and they kind of uh, dropped by to play on the, the day that we had the drive-in scene, uh, the first week of October. And they said, Ron, it's fantastic. We love it. Uh, you did great, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, Rick, I, uh, in numbers, when that first day was out there, I counted bunkers. It was 107 bunkers. Wow. So when he with the owner, and you say, I think you are you aware of how many bunkers at Augusta? And he says, no. I says, this is about 31 bunkers at Augusta. I says, so if we take out 70 of these bunkers, we're in, we're in good shape. And he says, that make everybody happy. Oh, yeah. So we eliminated, and then we got the green shaper. You mentioned Justin. You know, Justin's the guy that shaped all the greens in the Deer Manor for Anthony. Okay. And he's, all I did was sketch out what I thought would be better than friendlier. And uh, he just laid it in there so nicely. And because uh, Gary came in and uh, finished off a few of the, the short greens. But I got to give Justin a hell of a lot of credit there. All right. Both of you can answer this question. Let's go Roddy first. Tell us about the cave. 
Yeah, it was actually we got a study done, and and the island is it's unique in its in in the way it's uh, really put together. It's we call it the cave hole, and I've looked all over the world, uh, and this this cave uh, is part of a an intri an intricate line of caves going right down to Harrison's caves, which are indigenous with the island, and it's right behind the 16th hole. So it's an absolute photogenic kind of selfie shot. And we looked at putting a bunker into it, but they said that the, the, the little cellulite things were, come, were still coming out of the roof and falling. But it's framed right behind the 16th green, and it couldn't be better. Awesome. Awesome. From Ron, your standpoint, how many T positions will be available? What we did with that green, the green actually was off kilter with the old green. It was a bigger green, right. uh, a little bit farther to the right. We relined the green, so you wouldn't you. We didn't move the tees. We just reshaped. We added a tee, uh, back tee, to make it a big pick up some yardage. However, we lined it up exactly so when you're standing on the tee, the cave is directly over the green. Mm. Yeah. Sounds like a uh, photogenic <laughs> hole that uh, may slow play down for people to get their pictures in. Uh, but uh, give us the website, will you please? Yes, it's just www.apeshill.com. Uh, Apeshill.com. And yes. what are some of the other amenities that you offer at, uh, at Apes Hill, Ronnie? Well, I think probably the nicest part of it all, having been up here through COVID, is you've got 450 acres, a 50-acre farm. You've got 12 miles of these incredible gully walks through tropical forests. You've got uh, paddle tennis, tennis, swimming, Fishing. We have a 60 million gallon reservoir, which comes from Mother Nature. We, we trap the rainwaters in the season and trap okay. it in the lake. Uh, and then we have a part three golf course. And then we got Tim Cutchall and Dave Phillips to build us the state of the art performance center, which is the Mayo Clinic of Golf right. and a practice ground similar to what Michael Jordan did in Florida. So we kind of have everything for the whole family up here. Well, awesome. That was the idea. Awesome. Guys, thank you for taking yep. time to be with us and tell us about your uh, your Apes Hill creation down in Barbados. Uh, thank you for being with us. We appreciate your time. Thank you both. Thank you, Rich. All right, take care. Ron and Roddy, uh, Roddy Carr and uh, Ron Kirby uh, with their special architecture design that they've done in Barbados. It is being played now, but the official opening is going to be March of next year. Up next is Golf Channel's Rex Hoggart. We'll be back with more on the Back Nine Boys Golf Show. Thanks for being with us. And welcome back. I'm Rich Stiles. We're glad you're with us. Our next guest on the Back Nine Boys Golf Show is Damon Hack. And we talked with Damon about all things PGA Tour and some of his opinions on what's going on in the world of golf. Here is Damon Hack. Uh, our next guest is Damon Hack of NBC Sports, Golf Channel. Good morning, Damon, and thank you for being with us this morning. Rich, good morning. How are you, pal? I'm doing good. I hope you are. Absolutely, yeah. You know, uh, raising these triplet boys with my wife. Uh, one of my boys is in the tennis semifinals of his tournament. So, uh, yeah, a little tennis, maybe a little golf this weekend, all as well. Awesome. That is a great to have the family, and glad he's doing well, and you'll be a proud dad watching him out there competing. Oh, no doubt about it. It's a lot of fun uh, to be a, a sports-crazy guy like I am and to have three sports-crazy uh, sons is pretty cool. Yeah, that is. That is. All right, speaking of being pretty cool and sports-crazy, how good was the last day at the Open at St. Andrews? Oh, Rich, it was so good. It was uh, just a wonderful week. The, the gallery was, like, so appreciative 
of the quality of golf, the 150th Open at the old course of St. Andrews. You had Jack, you had Tiger, you had Tom Watson walking around as a newlywed. I got to chat with him and his new bride, Leslie Ann. I spoke to John Daly. Everywhere you look, that's what's so cool about an Open at St. Andrews. It's such a small town that everybody bumps into yeah. everybody at dinner or you know, walking to and fro the course. And, and then you had Rory McIlroy, I guess the only... You know, bummer for the for the fans uh, was the fact that Rory couldn't find a way to get it done. All due respect to Cam Smith and his remarkable round of 64 to close oh my it out. Gosh, you yeah. can tell that the people really wanted Rory to get it done. Well, they did. And, I mean, I don't think Rory played badly. He had some great putts. I mean, the speed was perfect. They just ended up not in the hole. And Cam just had an unbelievable back nine. Exactly right. Maybe Rory was a little conservative. Uh, it looked like it was going to be a two-horse race between he and Hovland, and he was well ahead of Victor Hovland, and all of a sudden you had Cameron Smith making birdies by the bunches, and it was just Roy could not you know, change his game plan at the time. A little conservative maybe off the jump. Yeah. And the next thing you know, he's a, a chaser and not able to get it done. But you know, kudos to Cam Smith, a remarkable up and down for birdie uh, at 18, a great uh, up and down for par at 17, and at a 64 in a final round at the Open is one he'll remember forever. Yeah, and, you know, Rory just wasn't Rory, it seemed like, for the last 12, 10, 12 holes. I mean, he just seemed, as you said, to be protective. He was playing conservatively, and that isn't normally how he's won in the past. Exactly right, and it's interesting that in these major championships now he's going to be going on nine years without one. Uh, that's where you know we're missing the Rory of old. It's yeah. not that he's not winning anymore. He's won FedEx Cup and won the Players' Championship, won a couple of Canadian Opens. These are big-time events. Yeah. But we just have not seen him break through for that fifth major championship. I, I tell you what, though, he had a fantastic major championship season. When you look at it on the whole, a great closing 64 at Augusta. It was in the mix uh, in the top ten of all four major championships. So it's definitely not a season to sniff at. But you know he's trying desperately to kind of break that major championship curse going on nine years now. Yeah, you bet. And I, I was very impressed. Uh, I was actually surprised at the finish of Cameron Young. Oh, how about that? Yeah, you know, he doesn't live or didn't grow up too far from, from where I live. Uh, Sleepy Hollow, his father's a Sleepy Hollow, longtime uh, head professional there. So he kind of grew up in the Westchester County uh, circuit metropolitan golf area where there's so many fantastic courses. You think about Wingfoot and Westchester Country Club, yeah. Quaker. Uh, he grew up around, around some great golf courses and some great golf people. Uh, Cameron Young is someone who is looking for his first win on the PJ Tour. Actually, he's on the leaderboard playing very well at the Rocket Mortgage in Detroit. So, much like a Will Zalatoris, I think Will and Cameron Young are two of the best players without a win on the PGA Tour, but I expect that both players will check that box shortly. Do you think that now that Cameron Young uh, is young, first of all, young player, great player, he may have a target on his back as far as the Live Tour? Excellent question. I think a lot of these players are, are going to have targets, and I think the women's game may be even more vulnerable than the men's game, and we've seen a lot of great male players, Bubba Watson, the most recent to Agree to join yep. Live. You know, he's a two time Masters champ, such a, a big part annually of the Travelers Championship. You think about the tears he had when he broke through for his first PGA Tour win. Loves to play Tory Pines, loves to be a part of the Presidents and Ryder Cup. He's saying goodbye to a big part 
of his career. So sure. I do think that a lot of young players uh, will get, you know, asked. They'll get the phone calls, and I also uh, expect the LPGA, whose salaries are much smaller, whose purses are much smaller than the PGA Tour players, they're going to be very, very vulnerable. I think to the Greg Norman and this upstart uh, rival circuit. Oh, that's going to be an interesting. I know that the LPGA commissioner was saying she would greatly, uh, you know, like to have a conversation. Uh, where that goes, uh, uh, it's amazing where it's going. And I'm just, unfortunately, I'm not a fan of the drama and the battles. Uh, but it's it's here to stay. It's not going to go away. Yeah, I'm not a fan either. I think that it hurts both products. I think you've got a fracturing. Yeah. Off of professional golf. I mean, who who wants the Ryder Cup with no Brooks, no Bryson, no Reed, no DJ, no Poulter, no Sergio, no Stenson, uh, you know, no Graham McDowell, no Westwood. I mean, these are kind yeah. of the lions of their respect. Yeah. PGA Tour, European Tour. It, it's it's sad to see the fracturing. I think at the top of the game. Yeah, I've heard somebody refer to the Live Tour as a pre-Champions Tour. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yes, it's not a bad uh, comparison when you consider the age of most of the players, 40s or in Phil's case, north of 50. My biggest problem is they're trying to say it's competitive and it's competition. You know, you go from 72 to 54 holes, guaranteed money, um, you know, music playing. To me, it doesn't really feel like the height of competition. Yeah, Maybe I'm old school that way. Uh, I think it's something different. I think that the money is obviously the biggest attraction. You're hearing the players say, well, I want to sure. grow the game. I think it's more about growing their wallets. Yep. Some people have had financial issues. Bill's talked about his gambling. Stenson lost some $8 million in that Allen Stanford Ponzi scheme. So everybody has to kind of make their own decision and sleep in their own bed. But I'm uncomfortable with the, where the money's coming from. I'm also uncomfortable with the fact that I don't think it's really high-level competition, which is what the PGA Tour has been all about. I totally agree with every point you just made. One question, how do you feel the fans treated some or all of the LIV players that were playing at the Open? Yeah, you know, Poulter got a couple of cat calls. Phil got maybe one. I know Phil was heckled actually yesterday. Um, in uh, at Bedminster, uh, mm. a fan who said you're you're being owed you're being paid by the, the you're they're working for the Saudi royal family. I, I think that for the really died in the wool golf fan who pays attention, he or she may have a problem with it. But I actually thought there'd be more heckling and booing at the old course. But the fans there are, are so wonderful. It was yeah. more about the golf. There, there was a cat call here or there, but I think at the end of the day. Your first reaction is, oh, my gosh, there's Phil Mickelson, or, oh, my gosh, there's DJ, and, and maybe there's a disconnect between all of the, the things going on outside the ropes. And, and your first reaction is to want to be positive and root for players that you right. rooted for for a long time. But I think the golf fan who is paying close attention, who really has a problem with what's happening to the game, um, those were the ones who were vocal at the old course and have, will continue to be vocal, I imagine, as the weeks and months wear on. Yeah, and some of them are probably saying, Boy, there's Phil. Oh, I haven't seen him in a long time. Oh, there's DJ. I haven't seen him in a long time, except on social media. You know, it, yeah. they don't have what they would like, which is the TV network. That's exactly right. And, of course, you know, they signed uh, David Faraday, my former now colleague at NBC yeah. Off Channel. So they took a, a run at Charles Barkley, who decided ultimately to stay with TNT and, and do his NBA thing. But make no mistake, this uh, Live Golf Series, they have deep pockets, and they're throwing a lot of 
dollar signs at a lot of different people to make this series uh, appear as legitimate as possible. Damon, frank question. Were you surprised that David Faraday went with the Live Tour? I was, Rich. I tell you, I actually bumped into David for breakfast uh, one morning down at the Rusax Hotel, which is right along the 18th Fairway. I just saw him. I was on my way out. He was sitting down for breakfast and said good morning. We had a very short chat. didn't even cross my mind that, that Liv was even a possibility. Mm-hmm. We didn't talk much about golf. We were just kind of saying, hi, how are you doing? I haven't seen you in a while. Yeah. I think that um, David is such a talented broadcaster. I'm more saddened that we yeah. as, at NBC and Golf Channel couldn't find a way to keep him. Obviously, the numbers must have been immense. I think he's such a marvelous talent. I was a huge fan of Faraday, his interview show. Sure. Loved him back at CBS when he was making jokes with Gary McCord. I'm just sad that he's not a part of the NBC Golf Channel family anymore. Uh, the dollars must have been big. Uh, David is a grown man, uh, a wonderful talent, and made his own decision. Um, I'll always respect him as a person and a colleague. But yeah, personally, I'm sad uh, that he's not uh, a part of our team anymore. Yeah, I'll bet. Uh, a lot of people will miss him. Ryder Cup, President's Cup. Do you think, uh, we've just talked a little bit about some of the fact that who won't be playing. Do you think it's been diminished? Do you think it's going to not be as exciting? Or do you think Davis and Zach are going to be able to find some of these young players and some maybe some older players who maybe wouldn't qualify as a captain's pick, i.e. maybe Webb Simpson to be on the team in order to gain some stability? I think it'll be a talking point uh, leading up to those matches, but I think once it's time to put the tees in the ground and, and hit some golf shots, you know, it's not a poor thing to see the likes of Justin Thomas and Scotty Scheffler. Uh, you know, maybe you do get some young players like Will Zalatoris and, and Cameron Young, and then maybe you do get some veterans like a Webb Simpson <clears throat> who is staying on the PGA Tour or right. Stewart Sink. I think once they put the uniform on, once you start having the pomp and circumstance, you know, once they get to Italy in 23 or Charlotte in a few months, I think that the quality of golf will still be high. It'll be a backstory. It'll be interesting if, if there are yeah. um, if some, some bodies that we feel like are, are noticeably absent, but I still think that the talent on the PGA Tour is deep enough to make it a fun competition. All right, what would you think about Stenson basically walking away from the Ryder Cup captaincy, which is what a lot of players, whether it be European or U.S., strive for? I mean, that's like the culmination of their career in order to be a captain for the Ryder Cup, and he just kind of walked away. And I, I, from what I read, it's like he didn't think he would have to walk away. Yeah, he thought he could do both, that he can kind of pick from both baskets. And I'm surprised that he took the job to begin with yeah, he thought that it was a possibility that he would leave because on that March day, we actually had him on Golf Channel and my show Golf Today, and he was talking about the honor and the joy, and I'm the first from Sweden, and this is for all the Swedish players who came before me, and it was kind of a beautiful story. And you know, with the rumored league at the time, you knew that Stenson's age was the target that they were looking for, right. but I just thought that his five-time you know, resume as a player and as a, an assistant captain as well right. have carried the day, the pride of putting on that European uniform, and it just wasn't to be. I was more sad for him and more sad for the game because what a wonderful moment it would have been for him to be the first Swede. And I know that the folks in Sweden, especially with the Swedish Golf Federation, were very disappointed yeah, with the decision. I'm sure they were. But I think a great decision, Luke Donald, I, I think should have been the first choice anyway. I think so, too. would have been a must-save for play. Also, someone with fantastic 
a, a Ryder Cup bona fide, yeah. a, a former world number one. Uh, I think that once we get to Italy, the, the story will be hopefully about Luke and his players and about Zach and his players. But right now, you said it, man. This story's not going away, Rich. We're in the thick of it, and it just seems like, you know, one week it's, you know, it's Henrik Stenson. The next week it's, it's Bubba Watson. And I, yep. I sadly think that's going to be kind of the, the rhythm of these upcoming weeks in golf. Yeah, I think we're obviously we're not going to be done. It's still going to be in the headlines. It's going to be probably the first or second story. Uh, but it's, it's unfortunate what it's done to the battle. And it's not over. And, uh, Damon, I appreciate your time. Enjoy your weekend, and good luck in the tennis tournament today with your son. Thank you, my friend. Always great catching up, Rich. All right. Take care. That is Damon Hack. Uh, just a great guy, great interview, and speaks from his heart. And uh, just I love the direct answers that he gives. We're going to talk with uh, Chris Kirk, uh, an interview that we did with him from the RSM in just a minute. But first, I'm going to talk about the monthly specials that are created by the local elementary schools at CJ's Italian Restaurant right across from Mallory Street Cafe, right there on the island and right there in the village. So cjsitalianrestaurant.com, check it out. Everything is made from scratch in the morning, including their doughs, their breads, their sauces, their dressings, toppings, and everything. Uh, Their produce is delivered fresh and prepared daily. And they take great pride and have great customer service. You can order in and go in and their eclectic decor, take a look at that, pictures of the family included, or you can just call up and they will come out to your car or your truck or your golf cart and they will deliver whatever you need. And uh, also DoorDash will deliver. So either way, CJ's Italian Restaurant is the choice for you. If you love deep dish pizza, thin crust, cauliflower crust, everything, their salads, their sandwiches and pastas are phenomenal. Check everything out at cjsitalianrestaurant.com. 